always find the year before the dragon is always quite a harsh year and then it brings you in a dragon that's always nice to calm you and I just I don't know I just like the positivity of it I suppose that's why I've always looked at them but it's always just you know seeing different ways of celebrating things I just always think it's great fun Hi we are the natural doctors sisters doctors and natural health experts Hi I'm Zandra I've been a chiropractor for 15 years I run my own very large practice the Back Clinic in Poynton Cheshire where I teach other chiropractors how to look at the root cause of the issue and not just treat the surface symptoms. I'm Jess. I'm a medical doctor, functional medicine doctor, acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, medical herbalist, homeopath and kinesiologist. Since I left the NHS, I've run a private natural health practice, drjess.co.uk, for 15 years seeing thousands of patients. As sisters, we practice out of the same building in Cheshire. And together we run the naturaldoctors.com. This is where you can find out more or you can see us on our individual sites as well. Welcome to the Natural Doctors podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the January blues. Pretty much at this time of year, everyone's already feeling a little bit low. They're already saying that I know the weekend we're on at the moment is supposed to be the number one weekend for booking a holiday. Yeah, and you can tell because the light levels are incredibly low. We're about to go back into another rainy period and I think this year has been a particularly dark one. I would also say that if you look at everybody post-Christmas, we're already in the mad run of trying to go to the gym and do everything. Our gym is about three times busier than normal. And and I think that burns out quite quickly, somewhere around about February, March in many people. I don't think people realise that if you went back to, you know, kind of caveman existing, this time of year we would really have only been able to be active with daylight. And I know when I'm working, I'm often, you know, I'm under artificial light most of the time when I'm working. It isn't really light outside until pretty much nine o'clock. And then it's going dark again at, you know, 10 to four-ish. Yeah. But the levels are dropping from two. So we're, our light levels are much, much lower. And I think our body naturally would be a little bit more uh, prone to hibernating, kind of being in that low energy state, recuperating, resting. And we try and do the opposite. It's why you sometimes you listen to it. I mean, I know on a Sunday afternoon, you know, sometimes your body just goes, oh, I want to go and, you know, sit by the fire and just have a nice relaxing afternoon. And it's not the worst idea, really, because that's how you restore. You are supposed to have more rest. Just the simple things of yet have more rest at this time of year. Yeah, and try and get your bedtimes a bit earlier than they would be, say, in summer. If you can have, you don't want to have super long lions, but you can lie in bed a little bit later and, and go to bed a bit earlier and just extend that time you're sleeping if you've got the ability to and no children waking you up early. And I think that that rest makes you feel better. Your body feels more in tune with that. But equally, we can also look at the light patterns that we're being exposed to. So we're being exposed to lots of artificial light, which is very high in blue light, and that's very stimulating and not great for us so we might want to counteract that with some red light and that's really where the LED, red light therapy boxes come in i mean we've been using them for quite a long time and it's having something like that to be able to you know, go to it every day and it's an instant fix in how it makes you feel yeah and i'd say we've had one for i don't know we've had quite many years now four or five years yeah quite a long time and actually during the summer i can be quite bad at actually getting it out but in yeah. winter i really feel like it and just putting it on in the morning you're kind of mimicking that natural light pattern of sunrise and sunset when you use a red light box but equally the research is very early and a lot of it's animal study based we've started to move on to people but actually some of the research is phenomenal it's showing that actually it can reverse short-sightedness in children using a red light device regularly so it's very very beneficial to your eye and what's really interesting is is that blue light is really bad for our eyes and actually affects our vision and damages the cells at the back of our eye. Red light seems to protect you against that. So there's no negative to using a red light box. You can see that though, can't you? I mean, I'm, I'm just uh, renovating a house at the moment and I'm ridiculously overexcited about putting a wood burner in. And the main reason is because when you put 
natural firelight or you know a candle when you're on the table you can't help it your eyes are drawn to it you start watching it flicker and you instantly kind of feel quite you know relaxed and calm and it's the same light patterns it gives off a lot of the same light patterns there are natural sources of light again and the same thing you can mimic it if you want to do it in artificial light like the we like the salt lamps they can do it you can buy special bulbs now that cut out the blue light but actually yeah it's, as long as your woodbird is safe and as long as your candles are safe then they are a great source of light at night and i think that keeping your lighting very low remembering that you know to try and get yourself into a sleep state you should bring all the lighting down so i start to go to lamps and bring all my lighting to very low in the evening i don't have the bright overhead lights on yeah, it's always more fun. I would say that also, you know, you have extra benefits as well. I mean, we've started putting candles on the table at dinner time. And it's amazing how it instantly brings this a slightly more connected atmosphere to dinner. You know, dinner that was, you know, just something that was very simple. That I usually threw together in four or five minutes has now become a little bit of an event just because we lit two candles, which is ridiculous. But you get more connection. You start finding a chat a bit more. It just has a, a completely different aura around dinner time. You're putting two candles on the table, but why not? They're very relaxing to watch and I think we're programmed into those patterns. I think we also, you know, we can we can change the lighting we have around us. We can start to think about the screens that we're on, which ideally we put away in the evening, but if we have to be on them, you know, nighttime mode exists on all our phones now. It also exists on our computer screens and you can set it to be completely automatic so you don't even have to think about it. And I set mine from about six in the evening till six the following morning that I go straight into the warmest mode that they do. I pull it across and that drops the, re- the blue light out. And, the- and so if I do have to use my computer, I do have to use my phone. I'm not gonna stimulate myself with a lot of blue light. I have to say, I've been putting mine on uh, on night mode all the time now. I found I got used to the CPU also because I'm exposed to so much artificial light during the day. I just don't think I actually need the blue light on my phone. I decided, let's put it in night mode the whole time. And actually, I get used to it. It's only when I picks my phone and they're like, your phone looks a bit sepia. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? It doesn't ever give me a headache and it, it just makes my eyes nicer for it. I don't know. A bit like that that white and dark thing, isn't it? I've swapped mine onto a, onto a darker darker night mode kind of screen isn't it because i find that much nicer on your eyes i think also there's evidence that it's easier to read but when we look at things like eye strain if you are using screens a lot there's no reason you couldn't unless you're you know doing graphic design or something run them on warm all the time which would then just stop the eye strain would make your eyes feel more comfortable you can also buy the special glasses that are blue blocking but they do have to be yellow or red so wearing that you can't buy the clear ones they don't work no but you know (laughs) and you can wear those you know they don't look great but they uh they are effective and i think you also you can just use your common sense you know, if you start to put these devices down in the evening and give yourself some time away from them oh, yeah. near bed and you start to turn all your lights right down, you can have candles, you can have low red light, red lights. You'll just start to feel a lot more relaxed and a lot more comfortable anyway, because we're working with our natural rhythms. I know we, we start bringing out books in the evening again, like real books, uh, mainly because Christmas is always a time when as a family, we always give each other books, don't we? I gave you a good book. You gave me a great book. Although I have to say, I'm still loving last year's book, but yeah, so I have to say it was great. And I've just given, you know, my other half a, a book as well. And it, it's, it's all about, you know, getting used to reading books in the evening. But the favorite book I've ever done is the affirmation book you gave me last year, that, that, that wealth affirmation book. And watching, you know, my other half read them as well. It is amazing because you start realizing that how powerful affirmations are. At this time of year, getting an affirmation book at Christmas and, and doing that, it just is completely It helps you also get through a dark time, a quiet time, a time when you're reflecting, a time when others have been a lot of stress because Christmas is for most people, although it has its fun elements and a lot of people enjoy it, it's also incredibly stressful. A lot of messing around with food and other things, getting presents, but equally then you don't always eat the perfect diet. So most people are not feeling great at this point and a bit overwhelmed and burnt out. Yeah. And if you have difficult family situations, if you've got griefs, you've got other things, it's a time that highlights that. So this is a good time to look at New Year is a time, you know, New Year's resolutions. I'm not against New Year's 
resolutions. I think they're I a good them. idea, but I think affirmations are more fun sometimes. We've talked about that before, that we really love the affirmation path that we set up. And I think it's just a time of reflection to start looking forward and start making plans for the future and not being afraid of change because many of us are afraid of things are changing, but looking at what positive things we want to bring into our lives. And so it's always just remembering, you know, affirmations just have a few simple rules. First one, I always start with the exact same affirmation and that is my affirmations always work whether I believe they do or not. Yeah, I like that. That gets out that straight away idea of what if I don't believe it. You go for that straight away. And then I love to bring in ones that, you know, you have to keep them in the, in the present tense. I have to done that. I am doing this. You know, I am like that. It's, it's just simple ones. You know, I am working on my health every day. I am watching what I eat every day. I am, you know, building up my business every day. And it soon becomes true. Yeah, and it's kind of like your new year. It's like your resolution, like goal setting, but you use your affirmations to get to your goals. It's like a process. You set, you know, where do you want to be in a year's time? Where do you want to be in five years time? Where do you want to be in 10 years time? And then start breaking it down into smaller chunks. And then equally, your affirmations work towards that. Well, you bought me this book, um, actually the Christmas last year, the Wealth, Wealth Affirmation book. And I started doing it. And at the time I was renting a car, leasing one. And at the time I was renting a house and I had no prospects of being able to see that I could own either of those two things. But we put it in affirmations, didn't we? And I can now tell you later, um, I own a car. Um, I've bought a house. I'm renovating the house. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's completely different. I started putting relationship ones in there. Relationship comes along. You just start putting in what you actually want and it makes you kind of makes you goal set. And I think that goal setting is really important because it's important to live in the now and it's important to look a little bit in the future and it's important to look a long way in the future. And if you can keep doing those three things and working on all three, your mind's just happy all the time. And I think also it's not seeing, it's not, you know, we all have a lot of inner voices that are negative. We need to counteract those with a positive voice because we have our patterns from childhood. We have things that people have said to us. We have a lot of limiting beliefs and affirmations are really a way to sort of bust those limiting beliefs and decide that, you know, no matter how your childhood was, no matter how your parents said whatever they said about you, you have to at some point decide that you're going to reparent yourself and put the right beliefs in your head. Yeah. And that's all about, it's all about building you up. And I know I think affirmations and self-esteem definitely go together. When I, when I listen to the old affirmation, it's amazing how many people also, they put a negative in there. You have to be careful with that because your brain doesn't understand things like, um, I won't do this or I'm not going to do that. It doesn't see negative. So it unfortunately pushes you towards what you don't want. Yeah. You always have to put the positive what you, where you are. And I always think you should start off by with affirmation by just telling yourself two things, that you're great um, and that you support yourself and that if you can do it, it's a very hard one to tell yourself you love yourself. And then also, it's not a bad idea to just say you, you forgive past mistakes or you forgive past decisions. Yeah. Because forgiving your past is also very important. I like to bring gratitude in there and say I'm really good lucky, really grateful for my life, really grateful for my family, really grateful for my work. And it's amazing how affirmations now becomes like a whole system, doesn't it? You've put in gratitude, forgiveness, you've done the whole thing. Yeah, and it's also realising that mistakes mistakes are a very different thing. You know, to some extent, we weren't supposed to be born like perfect robots that could do everything, absolutely amazing thing. Our mistakes are a huge growth process for us. And it's only school that teaches us that they're bad. And that horrible system that you go into where you get good or bad and you're right or you're wrong, when realistically, the whole press of lear- process of learning is all about making as many mistakes as possible so that you learn as much as you possibly can and, and so that you experience as many things as that you can. And I think that you have to be forgiving of yourself and kind to yourself in order to realise that no, you didn't do things perfectly, but that was what allowed you to be yourself. It's also got to give you the resilience, isn't it? I mean, we only have to look at the clinic and, and our clinics ourselves and people got look from the outside, they go, oh, you're so lucky, you've got all this, this stuff. And you got oh, so lucky, you know, you built this big business. And I, and I always think, you just don't see the many mistakes we've made. We've made a vast number. It's so made many. Mistakes, so the many. One thing we have, I think, that does set us apart is that the mistake has never made us go, we should give up. The mistake has just meant as we just turn around and go, oops, that didn't work. 
And we have a little oh, period where we feel a bit sorry for ourselves sometimes, yeah, oh, yeah. and then we go, right, that's it. We uh, And then we go, well, we're just going to turn it around and see what we can do. We're going to focus on something else. We're going to trust. It, it's a little bit of a belief system. I believe that things happen as they're meant to. And if something goes wrong, I believe it's something I'm supposed to learn from and something that I'm supposed to work in a different direction. And so after a bit of feeling sorry for myself, I pick myself up and go, well, I wasn't meant to go that way in life. I was mm-hmm. meant to go a different way. And, and, and every time you get to a certain point where you're feeling more successful, when you look back, you often realize that that mistake or that thing that felt awful or felt like everything had gone wrong you go if that hadn't happened it wouldn't have got me where i am now and that's it and it's all and i think that's really important to look back we always do that when we're training new staff downstairs on reception because they always have this idea of saying i'm just not as perfect as i want to be in the show as a goal and i always sit there and go that's great but two weeks ago you couldn't turn the computer on and now you can work the system 70 to 5 percent i was like if you imagine another two weeks you'll probably be fine i was like it's always looking you know back to where you were and then we give it three months and we're like now you're training someone else because it's so good and they are important I, I do love them and you know as we go into the new year we always do a few things I mean I like resolutions I've always liked resolutions because it gives me a goal for this year I always go this year I'm going to do this and I, I'm come a bit black and white with it I am going to do this I mean I think I completed on my house and I think I got the keys but was it three weeks before Christmas I pushed it a bit close on that resolution it was a bit stressful at the end but it's all about getting them in and you like to turn around at the same time you always go well you know what's the Chinese year because you're a huge fan of the Chinese year and I have to say I'm a massive believer on it I was just explaining this in the car to someone all about Chinese zodiacs and how they worked and I realised that actually I love them I love talking about them all and love looking through them it's fun it's a bit of interesting whether you believe it or not it's a bit of excitement I think this year you know, year of the dragon this oh. year is the year of the dragon you know and dragons are incredibly kind of happy and lucky and they bring about all these opportunities and changes and I think it's an exciting year you know if you want to have a new vision have a new exciting venture that you're going to be doing this is the year for it's the year of the dragon and it's a year where it can bring a lot of success it can bring challenges but it definitely won't be a boring year it won't be a year when nothing happens no, and it's, it's, I always love it because it always falls around my birthday. It's always usually a week after my birthday, isn't it? So yeah. always quite funky. We went to do it in Manchester at Chinatown last year, didn't we? We went and watched the Dragon Parade. And it's just awesome to go and watch it. Seriously busy, but very, very oh, fun. So fun but I think you can feel the energy shifting. I really believe in the year. You know, January is sort of feels a bit sluggish still getting going. Something happens about February, it sort of takes off. And I think it's a good flux. time. I always think you feel that flux. I was trying to explain that, you know, you can often feel the old year trying to resist leaving and it has still throws you think of the new year's trying to come in and get a few really great, great moments. And of course, your dragon's fun. But of course, we looked at it because, of course, you know, you are born in a year and your daughter was born in the year of a dragon. Yeah, but actually, she's the one of the very... So dragons are one of the very few where they don't... They often have a bad year on the yes. year you're born with. But, you know, it's also... It's a wood dragon year and, and wood is all about that creative movement, that moving forward. And it's kind of for new visions, creativity, and, and again, for entrepreneurs. It, it's got a slightly different side to it. And it's a very um, kind of year of compassion and generosity to your friends and, and a year of growth. And Dragon Year always comes in after a year of instability. So the one before Dragon is always the one that has huge amounts of flux, isn't it? It's where you can have really tetchy times with your partner. It's where you can have a bit of tetchy times at work. It's also a lot of change. It's often maybe interplanetary tetchiness, which we definitely can feel at the moment. The whole planet is doing something a bit crazy. A bit crazy. That's what you always find the year before the Dragon is always quite a harsh year. And it brings you in a Dragon that's always nice to calm you. And I just, I don't know, I just like the positivity of it, I suppose. That's why I've always looked at them. But it's always just, you know, seeing 
different ways of celebrating things. I just always think it's great fun. Why not look at that? Also, rituals and celebrations are also what bring us moments of happiness and bring Mm. us experiences in life. You know, we should have as many rituals. If you look at every culture, they run through them and we've made them a lot less important. We still have birthdays and Christmas, but I'm not sure we really get the idea of what those are actually about. Whereas rituals like bringing in a new year, rituals like setting affirmations, setting goals, these things, you know, we're we're quite big into rituals in our family. We have things like Chili Tuesday and Board Game Night and I like them, but it's amazing how much kids love them as well and how much families love them. You know, we like rituals and see if you can bring some positive ones into your life during this time. We also have some downtime ones. I mean, me and my have always do like a like a spa afternoon on a Sunday where we go to the, just going to the gym, going for a swim. But just that little bit of relaxing and restoring on a Sunday afternoon before we go back to work again on a Monday just helps, you know, it just helps calm your brain down. It's amazing how it becomes without realising it quite a, you know, repetitive kind of thing that you look forward to, really. It's, it's amazing to be able to, you know, rule your, you know, rule your kind of life around it. And that can be just as simple as, you know, do you have a bath night? You know, do you have a, a night where, you know, you do tell maybe the family, I actually need half an hour to myself and make it a ritual. Why not make it into something where you have a bath and you put some candles on, you know, and you get a real book out and you lower the lights and you just spend some time relaxing and put some Epsom salts in your bath. Oh, yeah. And the Epsom salts are really great for you anyway, but mm. um, they'll also help you relax. So put a couple of cups of them in. But, and you know, it's a no, pretty much a no cost yeah. Um, relaxing activity and you can shut the door on the rest of the family just for a little bit if you've got a busy family life and it also just stops you messing around with the screen because you tend to drop it in the bath so oh, you're much more likely to read and much more likely to relax properly I'm seeing a lot of drying books around <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's just one of those things where, you know, even just lie back and you know listen to a podcast yeah podcasts are great you should always listen to them yeah. <laughs> well do you we know honestly I'm relaxed by listening <laughs> to podcasts <laughs> you know I think it's it's a really great way to get information and again it makes my drives more relaxing so I find that drives are less stressful when I'm doing the school run when I'm doing everything if I have a podcast on I've got something I'm interested in something my brain's using that's another way I used to relax so the good resolution if you've got one I mean you know if you're if someone has a dog and you're walking the dog why not put your earpods in and you know in or wild ones and then listen to your amazing uh, podcast all the way around and you'll come away from it you know with four or five you know different ideas or things that push your health or you know, even excitement to lift your mood anything yeah. there's so many podcasts out there that are designed to just make you feel better and why not learn something new or you know even just hearing someone else's story it really does help you at this time of year yeah, and I think, you know, again, the walking is great for you. Being out in the natural light is oh, fantastic yeah. for you. So if you do it with a podcast, that's one way to get yourself out the door when it's mm-hmm. rainy and miserable, yeah. then that's a good way to do it. I was also spending some time in nature as well. I mean, I went to a National Trust Park this morning with the dogs and I started doing it on Sunday mornings, taking them to Old Edge because just walking through those trees, it just, I can't quite describe it. It calms my brain down. I feel my stress levels calm right down. It's just a great exercise because it's a good, you know, hours walk that's you know not that not that gentle I mean it's not moderate I suppose but you know you can wave from it thinking you know, actually I've, I've earned a decent lunch now so but there's something about the trees and they show that oh, in research yeah. they show you know Shinrin Yoku is the Japanese forest bathing which basically means you're walking in trees and there's something to the um, age of those forests as well makes a difference you know if they're older you can feel it if there's older there's actually more beneficial the trees release essential oils into the air which are actually beneficial to us monoterpenes and other things which have been shown to boost health lower blood pressure lower blood sugar they're anti-cancer they're antioxidant and, and weirdly enough walking through them is good for us but again we're attuned to the world that we've lived in for thousands of years and it's only over the last few hundred years we've become disconnected from that world and it stopped having its ability to heal us because we spend less time in it and it makes it like the perfect day as well, if, if it's possible. Cause, I mean, about people we saw this morning who are walking their dog, getting loads of exercise, you know, getting loads of fresh air, they're walking the kids, going home, you know, you have a really nice nourishing lunch. I mean, we had a fabulous lunch today, really nice nourishing one afterwards. I know 
my brain's already going, you know, lie on the sofa, ice pack, fire, let's lie down and have a sleep. <laughs> and your brain wants to restore, but you're going to go, it's a January what, feeling. What would your cave woman have done? She probably done exactly the same thing, got out, worn out the kids, you know, maybe follow just be doing household lunch. chores we use yeah. it for that as well we use it to catch up on things we get our cooking prep for the week we do our things we at the moment have got more cooking than normal but actually it doesn't feel really stressful it feels okay it feels very positive because again january is a time when people start new diets and, and we've got a family member who's really ill at the moment so we're doing a keto diet both for we're on it anyway because we often go through periods of it and equally we're making keto food for them so we've got a whole it took me a while, but I've got a meal plan and we've got our recipes out. And it's actually, it's weird. It actually, we was, I was talking to my husband yesterday and we were saying, actually, weirdly, we think it's brought us together standing baking keto food just because we've been cooking and doing something like that is actually much more productive than sitting watching TV together. It is true. It's true. It's also, it's interesting to talk about it more as well. I mean, I'm, I'm your uh, kind of interloper at the house at the moment because I'm doing such a, an impressive renovation that I'm also there. She but, is living with us at the moment. Yes. <laughs> and as a, well, I said, my rent is also, you know, once or twice a week, I cook keto food for you and of course your, your parents-in-law as well. He's making sure everyone has it because you know, me and my other half are also doing keto evenings, but we keep our low carbs down in the evening and keeping our carbs only at lunchtime. And it's amazing how these times of year, just getting your diet sorted just makes you feel like so much better. We've recently just got into, um, into sprouting again because uh, you started me on this because I was probably a very reluctant Vegetable, vegetable table. Yeah, she was the slightly fussy child. I was very fussy. <laughs> to be fair, we did not get bored of on the best we vegetables. Brought up on good food. I am <laughs> because of that though. I'm now a very good cook, and also more importantly, you know, I'm the one who wants to put as many vegetables into a dish as possible. I'm a huge fan of finding it. Of, sorry, of hiding it rather. I mean, I made a, a spaghetti bolognese last night, but you know, I don't think any Italian would probably like my spaghetti bolognese because it, we change it so much. But also because I'm a huge believer that you know. What can we get in this? It's good for us. So I put celery in it, carrots in it. I love putting a whole packet of mushrooms in it. You know, we try and get... You can even put anchovies in it to increase the depth of the tomato sauce. There's a lot you can do with well, it. You make, you know, we have bone broth to it. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I like to make it quite beefy, so it's really got some decent stock in there. And, you know, and I like to cook it in multiple ways, so I don't like to flash cook it. You know, I just get it browned and get it going. I like to then slow cook it in the oven for a couple of hours, and, and it comes out looking almost like caramel it's unbelievable but then it's you know what do you put it with so i like to put it with a keto garlic bread and i like to put it with some keto noodles and some zoodles yeah, we have it with contract noodles which actually yeah. are a really good source of fiber they're great for your microbiome and weirdly they don't taste much different and we I mix them with better. zoodles don't we we have the kind of yeah. courgette because i mean we're always gluten-free we have had gluten-free noodles before but for some reason i always thought spaghetti bolognese just gave me a bit of heartburn but we mix it we make it keto it's no problem at all. It's a nice, meaty, nourishing dish. And I bet people tolerate the tomato in it better if people are thinking they're a nightshade problem. For some reason, I think when you don't have the carbs in there, it makes it a lot better. It's less inflammatory. And I think that, um, yeah, it's a great meal. You made a fantastic meal with it. It's really good. But it's also but just making sure all your, all your meals are like that. I mean, lunch today, I mean, there's a double amount of vegetables. The main one, of course, that you brought in was persuading me into sprouts. Yeah, which, you know, I, it's my functional medicine training. When you start learning that, you know, one teaspoon of broccoli sprouts is like eating a whole head of broccoli, it's just efficiency. You start to look at it and go, well, I reckon I can get most of my patients to sprinkle on a teaspoon of broccoli sprouts onto their lunch. And then they've eaten a whole head of broccoli equivalent. Then actually look at that. Can you do it with more than one sprout? You know, you are a master of many, many of them. I think that's what, where it becomes because I, I think when you first explained to me, all my brain ever hears is Brussels sprouts. And, and that's not what we I need at all. To. We literally mean like as you start to grow a seed, think more like back to your crest days at school when you had that piece of kitchen paper and you put your cresties on it and you started to grow a little pine tree piece of crest. That's what it looked like. And it looked like a little tiny sprout of a seed. And so it's, it's any seed plant. It's a mini, mini. plant, basically. Yeah. So it is a tiny broccoli plant, but like hundreds and hundreds of them in your box. 
And that's where it becomes amazing. So we started doing this at home and I started showing, you know, my partner has to do this and the easiest thing in the world, you know, we do it once a week. It's literally half a teaspoon of eight packets that you put in a jar, that's it. You cover it with water and leave it 24 hours. You can buy sprouters for 10 quid on Amazon oh, or you can yeah. just do it with a jam jar and a muslin. You know, it's that's so easy. easy to do. And this is what we do is you just rinse it every day. You just rinse it and it sits slightly upside down so it's draining. And literally you just sit it there and, and what happens is it, it just does it itself. And after a week, you've got a full jar full of sprouted seeds, put it in a click box, put it in the fridge. Um, I was today putting it on hummus on uh, on some gluten-free toast and it's unbelievable. But you start looking at it and you go, well, actually, probably at lunch today, I probably ate three teaspoons of that. And that's equivalent to two to three portions of veg. But I've got a variety of eight different sprouts in there. Well, you can put lots of different ones in and you've yeah. got to think about, again, which compounds you're going to put in there. We know that cruciferous veg, and that is like Brussels sprouts, it's like kale, it's like broccoli, it's like cauliflower, um, and it's like some of the greens. You look at those and you go, wait a second, if we sprouted some of those, so a lot of our sprout mixes have things like weirdly like purple kohlrabi and kale and, you know, red clover and, you know, broccoli there are loads of different options in there. They're all going to contain things called sulfurethanes and they're, they're basically um, glucosinolates, sulfur compounds, which those are amazing. They help dam- protect your cells against damage. They basically, they stop free radicals. So you're actually having something anti-cancer that helps your hormone balance, that helps um, reduce inflammation every single day when you do that. It can also make them fl- flavour as well. So we have um, white mustard and radish in our mix and it makes it slightly peppery. Mm. So now you can put it on eggs like pepper and it tastes unbelievable but I still find it funny that when you first started on it I would sprinkle on this pathetic amount like three or four and you start craving them I, I, I now won't buy hummus unless I've got sprouts around Weirdly, food feels feels unfinished. I put it on mac. I often have a tin of mackerel, and I put it on top of that. You know, I put it on top of anything that I'm eating we have it as every well. Every day, don't we? So every day, and of course, I got two different mixes. So I have a mix of eight at home, or where well, I used to have home, and then. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> between them. and you have a mix of easily five or six. So yeah. then, what happens is if one of us has too many, we start mixing it. We realise we just jumped to thirteen. Yeah. Okay, and all this variety. And people go, you're oh, rainbow I'm... eating effortlessly. They go effortless. You know, you're putting all of those things in. You're having all these amazing anti-inflammatory, antioxidant compounds that are in the veg, and a huge variety. And everything we know about making our microbiome, our gut bacteria healthy, is about the variety of plant foods we eat. And a lot of challenges that you, how many can you possibly eat in a week? Well, you make your life completely you know easy effortless basically doing this if you have sprouts but of course the main for those of you who've got kids you always have to remember these are hideable these are tiny things yeah. putting butter into something like you know on a sandwich or a cracker just chuck it in and they're getting loads of edge without they can't really it. taste them no. so they're not really bothered and we just go and if anyone ever they pull them out and my son used to pull them out and go what's this you used to go you're going to eat it and we then hide can't them taste them. it anyway under your cheese and he'd just go oh, alright then and he'd eat it and even the fussiest child often yeah. will that's the best way of doing it, really. It's just such an easy cheat to do, isn't it? Why not? But it's that effortless rainbow eating in which you're just getting huge plant diversity and helping your microbiome and you're detoxing your body with a lot of the really beneficial ones. So we always have broccoli sprouts in ours. It's an easy way. And although we eat a lot of broccoli as well, they're much more potent in the, in the, in the sprout form and probably enough to do, you know, we now know that those broccoli compounds help you detox um, toxins. They help with hormone balance. So actually these things, if we get them into our life, we're kind of treating ourselves with proper food as medicine. That's really where I want to go. I mean, nutrients is so important. And, you know, I, I take a, a new patient history, you know, every single week. And there's a box on there that always says, you know, are you taking any vitamins? And I just, I kind of hold my breath and just hope. I hope they're going to say yes. And I would say nine times out of 10, they go, no, I don't take any sort of multivitamin. I just think that's the first level. 
just get it out there straight away. You cannot eat every single nutrient and vitamin and mineral you need every single day. You just can't do it. You'd have to eat 5,000 calories a day. It's what a caveman would eat. But the trouble is also that, you know, our food quality is not like it used to be. No. We don't have the same diversity. You know, there's one type of broccoli most people eat rather than the huge number of different types of broccoli, cauliflower, plants. We've got we've bred them so that we're only eating one type so it's reduced the nutritional quality the soil quality has changed and we know that those nutrient levels are lower in our soil we have pesticides toxins and rubbish in there that our body needs extra vitamins to help it deal with all those toxins and how long has it been on the shelf i mean you just don't know where it came from i mean unless you picked it from your garden you don't know how long it's been there i mean they they they, you know supermarkets pay a lot of money to bring in things that are not ripe and hold it in storage in like areas that look like they've got gas in and then they start changing things to make them ripen but you know if you look at things like bananas they are often artificially ripened by ethylene the gas and you look at it and go many of our products done like that what does that do to nutrient levels we don't really know and probably it's not ideal but then the next question that everybody has is you know what happens if i have too many vitamins is that going to cause me a problem but it's knowing that the majority of those vitamins are water soluble and your body can get rid of them if you have a good quality the multivitamin that will have been worked out for the right amounts only things like vitamin d some of the more fat soluble vitamins can become toxic but vitamin D is controlled in multivitamins. You usually need to take it as an extra, extra. And then you've got things like vitamin A. And actually, the majority of us, again, are depleted in vitamin A, vitamin E. So actually, your risk of being, you know, if you just take a normal dose of multivitamin, and it, it should be a good quality one, the supermarket ones or the Centrum Mace Z, all these gold ones are a bit rubbish and we can't really absorb many of the vitamins in them has to be food based doesn't it well it does it's not even the food based it has to be methylated it has to be in the right forms you know a good a good rule of thumb is is it methylcobalamin which is a vitamin b12 and is it in that form rather than cyanocobalamin which is toxic is folic acid in it or methylfolate or methyl tetrafolate you know which form of folic acid there if it just says folic acid that is toxic if it just says cyanocobalamin that is toxic too so if you see those two things in it you've not got a good vitamin you know and vitamin k should be in the form of vitamin um k2 and in equally um you should have good levels of your b vitamins well over the recommended amount if not even up to a thousand percent of those to have a good vitamin and if you're unsure then on the natural doctors or in dr jess yes your site we do ultimate pro is the multivitamin and it just is the best um yes jessica makes it and yes we're biased but the reason she makes it is because she just wanted one that was so good couldn't find one so made one but our patients might only wear so into vitamins and it is phenomenal so that's what i would say so it's just also this time of year really looking at everything around you so it's kind of spending time socially is as important as working on your health you have to realize you have a massive emotional need at this time of year and happiness and social connection yeah so that's you know going to have coffee with friends going to go and join no social group you know, if you do live alone, go and make your New Year's resolution social connections in that way. If you have friends, family that are closer to you, you know, spending quality time with them also really helps you in the in these low periods. Yeah, and I think being a member of any group makes you have a sense of worth. You know, I do karate with the kids and, and even that, you know, you realise that you form connections with the people. There's nothing like meeting people in person on a regular basis, getting to know them. You know, you don't have to be exactly the same as them, but it, it's a really nice environment to be in and it makes you feel good every time you go, even when you don't feel like it. I'm trying to remember also that, you know, even after COVID, we, we do also have a, um, a hug quota we have to reach each day that uh, I keep seeing advertised for me on, on Instagram all the time. And, you know, it takes four hugs a day just to maintain you as you are right now and stop deteriorating. Yeah. You know, it takes eight. That can be animals, yeah. children. Anything. 
you know, friends. It can be anyone, but hugs are fantastic. Yep. Eight basically basically keeps you in really good health, and twelve increases your health. Yeah. So go and hug everyone. And if you can't get your hugs in, you've got other options. Things like massage, things where other people touch. You know, touch therapies can be very helpful to fill that gap otherwise. And a pet, which are amazingly rewarding. Is it? It's doing as many things as you possibly can at this time of year to try and increase your mood. But there are a lot of options out there. And I'm sure we'll, we'll keep coming back to this topic because it is just so amazing and so important for the rest of the year. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you again soon. Medical disclaimer. All the Natural Doctors services are for informational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose any medical or healthcare condition, replace the advice of a registered healthcare professional, or provide any medical advice, opinion, diagnosis, treatment, or guarantee. Use of the Natural Doctors services does not create a doctor-patient relationship. Use of the website is solely at your own risk.